Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Thanks for having me back. It's a good start to the week. Hopefully everyone is listening to this and energized for what's coming next. Um, I think this one may drop on July 4th. So maybe people are off this week. We'll see. But start of a new month, start of a new quarter. The year is halfway over, which is kind of fun and scary at the same time. So, yeah. And so this, this week we're talking about, um, having accountability through hiring a coach or a mentor and really just wanted to pick your brain about your experience as far as having accountability, um, through that channel and, you know, how it's helped you, how we have helped others through Dylan CPAs. We also have it from that perspective as well, um, through helping our clients and being their accountability. And so looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. And I think you were the first one that kind of went down this, um, this road with some of the personal coaching, uh, that we've both kind of taken advantage of over various years. Uh, really, it comes down to our first introduction to it was around nutrition and like workouts, things of that nature, just because we kind of felt stuck or wanted a different result from what what was being had by kind of being responsible all on our own to do this. And so you were the first one to really seek out personal development coaching in that aspect. I've done it professionally um, through, you know, consulting organization that we're now, you know, very closely aligned with. But tell me about like, what was it that made you step out and say, okay, enough is enough. I need to get professional, you know, support in this area. I think life is interesting because I believe at one point I was having a conversation with you about life coaches and why would anyone ever need a life coach? Like, what even is that? And I was much, much younger than I am now. And now I'm like, I think I could use like six life coaches, like every area of my life, as well as a personal assistant. So there you go. Um, life is funny in that way. <laughs> never say never. And so, um, yeah, and I think we can, yeah, I think you mentioned it, but we could even rewind. So shout out to Amy, who I would say was our first coach. And she was the first person who helped me with something. So when I first came on to Dylan CPAs, and then we um, very quickly implemented a new practice management system, uh, Amy was very important and <laughs> helpful in that implementation and somebody that I could reach out to 
when I was struggling, really. Uh, and then also someone to you know say, hey, you're doing a good job, keep doing this. And now that you've done that well, you could also use it in this capacity or you could also do this. And so um, I think first, yeah, we, we were together in using kind of some business help or coaching. And then I was able to hire a coach for nutrition. So had been working out for a lot of years, actually both of us, you know, and so I guess right after high school, we started working out together. So once we were done with dance and high school sports, and we uh, started off in junior college, actually. And so we joined the YMCA and worked out together. And then when we went off to school, worked out together. And so uh, just really wanted to have a better handle and was so confused by all of the food myths and rules and wasn't sure what was the right thing to do. So instead of just jumping back and forth from fad diets or whatever was blowing up on social media at the time, uh, hired somebody who actually had a passion <laughs> and a ton of knowledge and experience with nutrition, with working with people, with helping people achieve their goals. And so uh, that was game-changing, <laughs> life-changing, uh, and has you know just able to take that education that was learned and share it with other people now. Yeah. I think the the main thing that you have to realize is as a as a person before you're ever accepting of what that conversation with that other side may be you have to realize that you want something better and you've kind of exhausted the resources that you have um whether it's motivation or knowledge and you have to go outside of yourself. So I think that's kind of the trigger to actually take that step to seek coaching or guidance, whatever you want to call it, counseling. Um, so that happened on many different fronts. You mentioned we had frustration in the business around different metrics and software. And so we had Amy, who's a part of um, a consulting firm called Rootworks, help us. Um, kind of implement and take next steps on a better system, teach us, you know, just because she had that knowledge, she has done it before. She's helped people go throughout that path. The same thing uh, when it comes to nutrition and uh, strength training and things like that, we only know so much. And um, that's, that's part of it. That, that That's that first step that I thought, okay, we need to seek out the wisdom of others the, the great thing that I've seen that comes along with those relationships, too, is obviously the accountability. And, um, you know, as humans, we easily get sidetracked. We go down the path of pleasure, what's gratifying in the moment. Maybe it's sleeping in. Maybe it's eating out for the third time in one day. Um, maybe <laughs> it's maybe it's it, probably it's. Related to I really feel embarrassed. Uh, I really feel embarrassed by that uh, comment because that that was our life for a while. I think those were some of your favorite days <laughs> that we would eat out breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, now to think about that, yeah. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel a little embarrassed or ashamed that that, that was our go-to. And that was not on vacation. <laughs> that was just a normal 
Saturday occurrence or Sunday occurrence for sure. Yeah, we thought we were doing so well by eating <laughs> healthy and eating at home uh, Monday through Friday lunch or whatever that looked like. And then start Friday night, you know, it's like, uh, let's see, that's probably seven meals in a row eating out if it was a great weekend, yeah. you know? And so, um, yeah, good times. And then you, <laughs> you'd kill yourself for the next week to get back on track and then flame on again Friday, uh, evening on. So, um, yeah, that's not sustainable, um, for, <laughs> waistline and you know overall health unless unless you like i don't even know unless you're just so consistent at one of these salad places and you just order uh lettuce uh you know so yeah le but, lettuce and chicken lettuce and chicken yeah so that's where we were but the accountability piece comes back to and i actually still have um a good friend and um coach that writes my workouts that writes um kind of keeps me in line with food a little bit, even though I'm somewhat lax in that given travel and different things that are on my plate right now. Um, but he, he's kind of the, the person that, you know, I know that he's there and I don't want to disappoint him. So I can't go too far off. And then when I'm seeking assurance or anything that is like, Hey, just checking in with you. Like, this is where we're at. What do you think? You know, do do I need to just stop? Like, do I need to um, change some stuff up, whether it's in the strength training piece, or do I need to change some stuff up and just cut out everything on the, uh, on the food side? So uh, it's I crazy. say give a, yeah, I, I like uh, a story that you have that's more recent of how, and we'll shout out Derek Stanley, fitness also because he is the one helping you right now with yeah. nutrition and workouts. Yeah, and so, go, go follow him on Instagram. He's a good looking go. guy. Um, you know, <laughs> you get to see him work out in his home gym with his pink cap on. Um, so go Derek. Yeah, for sure. So what's something that Derek held you accountable for that you may not have followed, thought about here recently with, let's say your travel that has increased over the past couple of months? Uh, so one, it's like, and I'm not sure if you're trying to lead me down a specific answer, but it's always around water. I mean, if you get it wrong, I'll give you, I'll give okay. you the right answer. <laughs> um, for sure. It's water intake, uh, being active, whether it's walking, not necessarily having to hit like a full on workout in these hotel gyms or anything like that. Um, but then it's also making the right decisions whenever you are out to eat. Um, so what is it something you can control? Um, it's a lot easier to order a side salad and a filet mignon steak versus like a hamburger and French fries. And so if you've ever tracked your nutrition, um, kind of boiled it down to a macro level, um, you kind of know, like based on the size of the portions, what that is, you know, have dressing on the side, things like that. And that's just a little bit easier to, to make better decisions whenever you can't control all the variables. Now, obviously restaurants cook with a lot of oil and fat and things like that to make it taste really good, but you can ask for that stuff to be, you know, just you're, you're the champion of that. Like, Hey, just use cooking spray, no butter, no oil. If they ask why you can tell them you're allergic and then that you may kill over. Um, so they really don't use 
as much. But whenever you order egg whites and they come out as yellow as a true <laughs> egg would, um, you probably didn't like just order the eggs, you know, because it's a lot easier just to kind of know what went into that. And uh, that's what he shared with me. You know, he's like, hey, make your decisions when you're out. Can't control it all. So. And I think that was the exact story that I was thinking about that, you know, ordering a sweet potato and chicken breast or a filet and a side salad or broccoli is easier to come back from. It's not going to hit as hard, whereas it would have been so easy for you to convince yourself easy, like convince, not even the right word, but just to decide that eh, it's only three and a half days. I'll just get back to it, you know, on Thursday when I'm home, yeah. I'm not going to have my gym. I'm not going to be able to cook any of my own food. So I'll just go enjoy myself. It doesn't matter and come back. But really, depending on what your goals are, and this is in any area of life, three and a half days can, you know, cause a lot of damage depending on how much you're doing. And you don't want to constantly be spinning your wheels, making up for three and a half days every month, you know, yeah. and, and just feel like you're stuck or you're on a plateau or you, you tried this and it's not working. Um, I think that's what happens to a lot of people. They have a lot of motivation and intention at the very beginning of something, but then as they go on, their consistency does not match the consistency of the first week or the first two weeks. And that's in business as well. And then it just becomes, well, I tried that, it didn't work. And so accountability helps you stay consistent and usually <laughs> make, give ideas, at least put them in your head. So you're thinking about it, um, ideas for better decisions to keep you in the direction of your goals. Yeah. So obviously coaching, you know, more than likely the coach has other people that they're assisting. And so, you know, that there's other people doing the same thing, struggling with the same things you're struggling with. And so, um, that also helps realize that you're not alone in this, um, the accountability of that person to hold you, you know, true to what your maybe short-term and long-term goals are. And so that's a lot of times with like Derek, he has to remind me like, Hey, your goal is not a number on the scale or, um, it's to look, you know, like you're healthy. And I think that's the main thing, um, that kind of keeps me in line and, when I do, you know, brief check-ins with him right now, it's like, Hey, this is where we're at. Just letting you know, and he kind of blesses it and we move on. So, um, from a, from a business standpoint, you know, with what we've seen in Dylan CPAs and helping people come through, you know, what was the hardest time in most businesses with COVID and making scary decisions, obviously giving them input from like our vantage point to see, Hey, we're seeing these businesses do these things and these are the results that are coming out of it. You have to do this. Like you have to scale back and consolidate jobs to reduce payroll expense. You have to cut out discretionary expenses. You have to make hard decisions when necessary because on the other side of this will be a viable business. We won't, have lost too much of our business enterprise value 
and have to rebuild so much. So I think those are some of the pieces that we've seen here recently. Now we are getting prepared for this next chapter in the economy uh, with where a lot of people are going to have to make those decisions again. It was, you know, we made those hard decisions in 2020. The cash registers opened, the printers flowed, and money became readily available. So people went out and had a great time. It's time to reel some of that back in and get back to, you know, what does it look like to be a responsible business owner and leader and make hard decisions potentially, but ultimately steer the ship through the, you know, most most convenient, most easiest path to long-term success. So I think those are the pieces that we're tasked with on this side of the relationship that we have with clients. And it's not always easy because humans aren't always easy, but it's what we feel called to do. And I feel like that's seeing both sides as like a, a coach in some situations, but then also being coached helps you to be fully rounded and hopefully not like round belly, but, you know, fully rounded um, because you have empathy for both sides. And so I know as a coach um, to some clients that I get disappointed when clients don't follow through. So as a person that's being coached by Derek in this situation, I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want to be the guy that he reads the text message from and just start shaking his head. And it's like, dude's never going to change, you know, like, I don't want to be that guy. So, you know, that helps make me a, a better player or whatever, you know, whatever the analogy is. Uh, I'm not able to play many sports competitively right now, but, um, and then the same thing from, from the other side, knowing how to approach someone who's maybe not following through, not scheduling the calls, not, you know, implementing things that are viable, you know, the viable answer for the business, it, it helps kind of prompt, Hey, we really need to reset, take a break, talk through what's going on. Do we scale back the goals? Do we change up metrics that we're looking at? Where are you at? And sometimes it's just, that is totally needed um, for the business owner to not feel like a disappointment because they more than likely they're avoiding the calls. They're avoiding looking at the financials or the estimated tax payments because of the uncertainty that kind of surrounds us right now. Yeah. And so as far as accountability through coaching, so whether it's called a business coach or an advisory council or a business consultant, they're not all created equal. So what would you say would be something to look for in someone that you're hoping will provide both advice and accountability? What are some characteristics or some definite things that um, this person or this group of people need to possess to be able to help get you to your goals? I'm going to be very honest and transparent. Um, there is a lot of noise in that space right now and people that call themselves business coaches, improvement, things like that. That's maybe just a new chapter of their career and they may not have any, this is going to sound bad, but any 
reason. It's your podcast. To, you could say whatever you want. They don't, they haven't achieved the things to maybe give them the, the clout that I would be looking for. So when I'm looking for someone to coach me, to lead me, it's someone that I respect and has probably achieved a level of what I'm going after. So like Derek, if you follow him on Instagram, he's a good looking dude. He knows his stuff. He competes and he's able to strength train and lift heavy things and have a balanced life and still enjoy food to a certain extent. So that balance is what attracts me to, you know, he is an attractive guy. But, you know, it's like that. that <laughs> I feel like this is all about what Derek yeah. looks like. He is a great guy. But no, I think solid. also what you're what you're uh, mentioning is he does have a lot of muscle. So the aesthetic that you would like to have, he has. And he didn't start from a place of genetics no. only. He started from a place that he had to work hard and implement the things that he's recommending to his clients. He did that first or for a long time and then started coaching people. He didn't start coaching people from a place of, I was fortunate or lucky or something like that. He yeah. is coming from a place of what I would say is like credibility that he has experienced it. He has done it. He has struggled through it and he has found a way to continue on and maintain that level of fitness we'll say for him. Yeah. And the other thing is that he's not, he, his lifestyle isn't so different. Like he has a family, he has a wife. And so that's the other piece that if you go follow somebody on Instagram and they spend eight hours of their day in the gym, obviously they're going to look a lot different than the guy who can dedicate 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And so, um, that's ultimately what kind of brings me back to, to him. Um, the same thing can be said for like the mentors I have sought out in my career, in my life. Um, it's people who have achieved and I can verify that they've achieved those things that they're saying. And it's not just some, Hey, look at me. And I think we talked about this previously. It's I, I know whether through my due diligence that they are a legitimate person, um, that they've achieved certain things, that they've grown a team, that they've dealt with scaling up, scaling back when times are necessary. And so that's what I seek out whenever I'm looking for a mentor, a coach, an accountability partner is someone that's already walked through it because that experience is, is valuable to me because hopefully that their experience can lessen the pain that I may have to walk through to achieve similar results. And so that's what we look for, um, in, in coaching and hopefully, you know, it's also being realistic. I think people are attracted to successful people and it's not fake. Um, you know, we live in this, this world of filters and, um, everything that goes along with putting out your best face forward. I think I like to hear when people talk about their challenges or their failures to try to mix up, Hey, this is what we did. And this is my biggest failure and do not do this. Or this is how this challenge shaped us into being great. So, you know, being a sports family and living through challenges and surgeries and things like that. And, 
rehabilitation that gets you stronger on the other side, like it kind of makes sense in our mind, but for others, it's, you know, Michael Jordan got cut from his basketball team, you know, when he was in high school or junior high, I can't really recall that story goes on to become the best player arguably ever. And, um, the way he did that was he took that experience and built upon it. And then when the time was right, he also surrounded himself with different coaches with, with different skill sets specifically for him as a player. And, you know, coming away from, I was fortunate enough to go to a, a, the masters, which is a golf tournament, um, very large golf tournament in Augusta, Georgia this year, and seeing these professional golfers who are at the top of their game, they have, different coaches for different areas. So they have this little entourage. So if you are arguably the best in your profession and you still choose coaching and accountability and nutrition and things like that to keep you on track, like there is definitely a reason for that. And it's to keep, it's to take you that one little step further than your own talent or your own genetics would take you. Yeah. So I think for sure. Yeah, definitely. Credentials are important, but I would say even more important is that than that would be their experience. And what is their story? How have they improved? I think one thing also, if you're hiring, so if you're paying a coach, what is their success rate or what is their relationship with the other people that they are coaching? So I think that's different. If you're looking to someone as a mentor that you, you look to and you, um, you want your business, your life, your fitness to look like them, and they're doing it almost out of a friend, a friendly relationship, that might be different. Maybe they didn't need to help anybody else. Maybe they just need to tell you their experience. But I think for sure when you're hiring um, a firm, a council, a team, a person that you need to look at who else have they worked with and how did they help them or how do they help them? Like, what does that look like? What does that accountability look like? If it's something to where you only have access with them once a month, is that enough or, or is it not? Or if you only have access to them once a quarter, is that going to be enough to sustain what you're wanting to do and to get you to your goals? Or is it something where there needs to be weekly check-ins, you know? So it just depends on what you're looking for accountability on. But having access to that person um, is important because there's definitely a relationship that builds there. That person should want to know you personally, your goals personally, your lifestyle, those kinds of things. So they can help, uh, they can help you navigate how to how to, I guess, manipulate or how to change course when to things are, are getting yeah. off. Um, yeah. Help you adapt to your lifestyle and what's going to be easy for you to stay consistent with and to maintain over the long term. because really hiring someone that's only going to help you. And then you are going to revert back to what it was before that person. Um, I would, call that a waste, <laughs> you know, really, if, yeah. um, if it's not something that's going to be a long-term, uh, 
positive change in your life, then maybe it's not the right fit. Yeah. I think, um, the other thing that we've experienced and I've been very fortunate, uh, I know you as well to have certain mentors in different aspects of life and whether it's professional faith or just individual, uh, growth, I, I think you have to be willing. Um, obviously if that person is successful, if they've kind of met some of those goals, you have to go, you have to be willing to go more than halfway to seek out that relationship. And so I know that one of my relationships, um, right now, you know, it's like, Hey, they're in a different town. I may have to jump on a plane just to seek out that guidance and really that proximity that, that, that they're willing to spend time, but kind of on their own terms because they're very busy, but I value that relationship. I value that mentoring that much that I'm willing to invest in that. And so it, you know, whether that's a paid relationship or someone's willing to give up their time, but on their own terms, I think that's something to figure out and how, how that experience is used ultimately, what is the return that you're getting on that investment is something to measure. And like you said, are you going to be better on the other side of this, especially if the other person is no longer in place? That's, that's the main thing. And, you know, hopefully with my relationships, it take Derek, for example, if, um, if Derek were no longer in place, hopefully I would have the knowledge that he's bestowed upon me over the years of working with him and just conversations and fellowship that we've had that I do make better decisions when he's not there. Um, knowing him as a person, he would always, you know, be invested in our relationship and want to know how I'm doing long-term, but you know, the dynamic may change whenever you don't pay someone on an ongoing basis. So I think those are the things to look for. Obviously you just want to surround yourself with quality people who make you better. And even after that, maybe financial relationship ends, you're, you're better for the long term on the other side of it. And I think just evaluating that relationship and especially that return on investment periodically and making sure that that person isn't just a friend um, in a business setting because there may be a better approach to a coaching relationship where you do have someone that is a friend and can listen and can do things. But when you're looking at a coach, you really need to make sure, are they pushing you? Are they helping you get to closer to your goals or achieving your goals? If not, it might not be the right relationship and you may have to switch that one for a different. It doesn't always mean just because one coaching uh, relationship didn't work out that all coaching relationships are a waste of time and money. Um, sometimes it's just finding the right fit. And I think the way that you can look at that is, are you getting closer to your goals and are they giving you ideas and holding you accountable and helping you adapt along the way? to get closer to those goals. If they're not, you have to evaluate what are you paying for? Yeah, for sure. And we see that a lot of times with like certain industries that we work with, they'll have a very industry specific coach and it helps them get from, let's say a startup to a million dollars in revenue. And then they've got a new set of goals from a million to 2.5 in revenue. 
Um, and then even after that, so maybe there's a person that's really good and a special a specialist in that certain, you know, area, and then you kind of outgrow them and how you leave that relationship. Don't burn bridges on, on either side. Hopefully that speaks to a lot of, um, of just the maturity of both sides, but we have, we will have clients that outgrow us. And, you know, we have the team of three where we kind of install uh, a CSM, a controller and a CFO. And, and sometimes given growth and giving a strategy, like that is our, our goal for them is to essentially grow to the point that they are so profitable. Maybe they do bring in some of that talent themselves to have a dedicated person versus a fractional person. So we know that going into these relationships and like we celebrate it on the other side. So I think that that's also that maturity when you're seeking out a coach is, Hey, explain to me a time whenever this relationship has had to end, what does that look like? And if they stumble and say, well, no, this is like forever. It's like, eh, not, you know, like marriage is forever, but not, not <laughs> certain like business relationships. So I think that's something to keep in mind as well. Maybe ask as you are interviewing for coaching and accountability partners. That's really good. That I think that that might trip up a lot of people. I don't know that that's a question that gets asked all the time. Um, you know, you're excited whenever you're wanting to go into a new relationship on both sides. And so definitely asking what would the end look like is a great question. Cool. Well, that brings us to the end of this conversation, I, I guess. So uh, it was a fun one. Hopefully people learned um, some real world experiences from how we use coaching and accountability partners. And, uh, you know, as they're evaluating those relationships in their life and their business, that they at least have some additional questions to ask when interviewing the right people. All right. See you on the next one. All right. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.